Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. Um, we're going to just go straight to the Lord in prayer. And today I decided we would just pray together the Lord's Prayer for such a time as this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father, we come to you each and every day as we pray. We pray for your will to be done, that we will live in your will and your righteousness. And we pray, Father, for your protection over this nation, over those in Afghanistan, those who are suffering from these storms and the earthquakes in Haiti and around the globe and the fires, so much chaos in the world, Father. And I know that you are still on your throne. Father, we just come to you I pray, Father, here am I, send me. And I realized this morning as I was thinking that and typing it out, how, how do I really mean that? It's easy to sit here and talk on a microphone. It's much more difficult to go out in the streets. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Use CSC Talk Radio. Use me. Use my listeners, Father. That we can be your instrument, your beacon of truth in this world of darkness. For such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we were going on the air here, there was some breaking news. I'm going to try and get to it here. I'm having a lot of computer issues this morning, and we're going to have a guest today that I think will inspire you. She inspired me. I met her in uh, uh, South Dakota at the Freedom Fest, and um, the computer just does not want to work. But the breaking news is that uh, they have a lockdown in D.C. There has been a threat of a bomb threat, and so all the buildings there are locked down and evacuated. We're in a mess in America. I know that you know that, and I'm just asking you to pay attention, America. Pay attention to all that is happening. 
I was going through the headlines today, and uh, <laughs> I had it all typed out. Now I can't even get to it because the computer's being stubborn. But it was one thing after the other. The Taliban has drawn a line in the sand to the United States of America, told us to get out by September 11. Isn't that amazing how they would do that? And I was comparing their things that they have said and the, the chaos that's going on there and the murders and the other things that are going on there in Afghanistan. And then the what we would think is goofy here in the United States. So while they're threatening the United States of America, Biden is threatening anybody who defies, <laughs> who goes along, and he's, excuse me, He's defying these governors who have said we will not ban people for masks, for not wearing masks. We will not do it in the schools. We will not force them to wear masks. <laughs> and so it goes on. He, um, I've always said that liberty is always in the hands of the people. But first it has to be in their hearts. It has to be a longing in their hearts. We cannot bring liberty to other people. It has to be within them. We can bring calm and peace through force, but we cannot bring liberty. It's chaos, folks. It's chaos. Well, I think maybe the Lord says you don't need to use that monologue today. So we're going to go straight to our guest. And like I said, I met her in Freedom Fest. Her name is Leah Southwell, and I really don't have a bio for her, so I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself. And Leah, welcome to CSE Talk Radio, and thank you for taking time to be with us and to tell your story today. Thank you, Beth. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Well, I apologize. I normally have a big old long monologue, but my computer all froze up, and it's just not, <laughs> it's not happening today, so... I think we need the extra time anyway to to kind of set up what's going on. In my monologue, I got to the point where what what are we doing in America today? We all see it. We all know the chaos. We all know what's happening. Our liberties are being taken, stripping, and with excuses of a pandemic and excuses of this and that. But what would we do? You know, we always say, if I was in a situation, what would I do? I'm going to tell you, America, Leah was in such a situation, similar, not quite the same. But, Leah, tell us tell us about, just start from the very beginning. Just, just tell us exactly what took place in your life, how you got there, and then what happened. Okay. Well, it has to go all the way back to my teen years. I was an exchange student and lived in the Netherlands for a year. Went back again a year later and uh, eventually lived there for a total of 10 years. Married a Dutchman, um, had great times, but certainly going there as a 16-year-old and again as an 18-year-old where I had to learn another language, where I was without any family support. Um, It was one of the toughest things that I ever did in my life, but I have to say it was the most character-forming. I really learned who I was, what I had in me, and did something very, very difficult. Mm. 
And so when I was raising my kids, I always told them that they needed some type of international experience. They needed to either be an exchange student or go live abroad for a while and learn another language, learn another culture. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I told them that pretty much their whole life. Uh, I did marry a Dutchman, and so their dad was Dutch, and they had that international experience of just mm. knowing that things are done in a different way and hearing a second language in the home. Uh, but I really encouraged them to go do it themselves. I homeschooled my kids, and so all along the way we just talked about this a lot, and I kind of made it up in my mind that if they ever said yes, uh, it would be me who would have already pre-thought this thing through. And as a homeschool family, we might potentially do this together as a family. Mm. So I spent a good solid five years doing serious in-depth research of where we would go if they ever said yes. And for me, liberty is number one. And so I followed an index called the Economic Freedom Index that I believe Cato or Heritage or both uh, still do this, I believe. And I was following it for five years and watching to see which countries were moving up and which ones were moving down. And when I started following this, the U.S. was number seventh in the world and Chile was number 14th. But after five years, they had switched place. Chile was the only country that kept moving up in the Freedom Index. And so I started interviewing people from South America, if I were to go live in South America, where, which country would you recommend? First of all, uh, Chile wasn't the number one reason just because of economic, but also I wanted all of us to learn to speak Spanish. thought that was the second most useful language we could have, certainly mm. here in the U.S. Mm. And so uh, I interviewed lots of people. Everyone in, <laughs> in complete unison said, Chile, 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 it's the absolute best, most stable most economically prosperous, lowest corruption of all the countries Let's, in Latin America. And let's leave it right there because we're headed into commercial. When we come back, we're going to live in Chile. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Leah Southwell, and we will be right back. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing. The only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America, Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radical like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America has the lights on. And we have a chance to listen to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we are visiting with Leah. Just did a caller, Leah. The last name is Southwell. She is, um, she's telling her story, and it's quite a story, so I want you to get your cup of coffee and sit down and listen, because she tells a story that I think we should, um, we should take to heart. Okay, so, Chili was the choice. Let's start up from there, Leah. Yes, Chile was the choice. Uh, number one, again, my motivation is being in a free country, and in all the research I had done on Chile, I knew from their past that in the 1970s, communism had won in an election in 1970. In 1973, the Congress demanded that the military take back control, and uh, over several years, they successfully chased out the communists out of uh, Chile. In the 1980s, they brought in the free market economic system, and beginning by the 90s, Chile began to prosper unlike any other country in the world, and they were known as the Chilean economic miracle. And so I thought, well, those are all great reasons to go live there. So finally, when my boys were 18 and 20, uh, we were saying goodbye to a friend who was leaving the country and moving to Paraguay. And he kind of talked my boys crazy in the head, and they came to me that night and said, Mom, we're ready to do it. Let's do it. Let's go. 
Wow. And I said, wait, 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 you guys, <laughs> you got to really think this thing through. I know I've been telling you to do this all your life, but we're going to have to give up our jobs. I had just divorced a year earlier. I was deep in debt. Uh, we didn't speak Spanish. And so we were going to have to sell everything we owned to raise enough money to go there. We would have enough money to survive, my guess, four to six months. It lasted us five. And so we didn't speak Spanish. We hardly had any money. We had no way to come back home again. We had never been there before, and we didn't really have any friends or connections or anything to help us there but a couple, but one or two. And so uh, off we flew to Chile. This was November of 2012. Into the dark, having no idea what we were going to do, how we were going to support ourselves, and so a pretty scary thing. I called it my boy's final uh, homeschool final exam. I don't think too many homeschool families would do that kind of thing, but I just felt that this was the best lesson that I could possibly give my son. And being woman. in a gate, <laughs> I say brave or crazy. I'm still not sure which one it was. Uh, so we ventured off into the dark here, at knowing that this would be probably the best lesson I could possibly give them as a homeschool mom, in my opinion, more important than a university degree. Could you survive under these situations? That was really the lesson here. And we knew we had each other, and so we felt like this was going to be okay. I had done it once before in Holland, and so I knew with the help of people and friends, uh, we would make it. We, we would be okay. And so off we went, and we had lots of challenging, troubling years, And uh, but we did end up thriving. Uh, I was able to build a business, and things were going pretty darn well, in fact, well enough that I had hired five people who were working for me, and I was finally making enough money I was going to start to travel to South America and while I was in Machu Picchu in Peru uh, in October, on October 18th, 2019, I look at my social media and it's lit up that Santiago, the city where we chose to, to go live, was on fire in total chaos. This, the public transportation system was under attack. And nobody knew what was behind it or what was going on. And all of my friends were sending me messages saying, don't come back. Mm. I don't know what you would think when you're outside of the country where you live and your son is still in that country and that's your home and your business and people tell you don't come back. But it was pretty terrifying. The airlines uh, shut down. I got stuck in Lima, Peru. And for about five days before the airline started to fly again, and they knew somewhat whether it was even stable or safe to be flying back in. But the country turned to total chaos. It spread from Santiago to all the larger cities in the country. And within eight days, masses of people came out into the street. They say a million people. I don't think it was quite a million, but a lot of people came out into the street. And all of a sudden, they were all... Um, protesting everything that you could possibly imagine. And I'm just in shock thinking this is a very prosperous nation with nothing but opportunity. Mm -hmm. Here I came as an immigrant, not even speaking Spanish. I've been able to build a business and prosper there, coming with nothing in a short seven years time. And they're in the streets protesting that everything about their country is horrible 
And the most concerning thing was a sudden call for a new constitution. That scared the bejeebers out of me. And I started to ask people, are you for this change of the constitution? Yes. Well, can you please tell me what specifically is stated in the constitution that is causing these problems that you're protesting about? Well, all of it, they would say. And I said, no, 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 no. You can't say all of it. Point to me. Tell me what words are in the Constitution that could be causing all the things that you're protesting. And all they could say it was written under a military dictatorship, which it was. And it had also been amended 200 times since that military dictatorship stepped down voluntarily. And the socialist government at that time had signed it again, and Congress had agreed that this was a good constitution. That was in 2005 that everyone in the country agreed this is a good constitution. Everything objectionable had been removed, and everybody was at peace, and the country was prospering. Why would all of a sudden there be this serious call for a new constitution? The chaos went on nonstop every single day. Uh, One-third of all the grocery stores were destroyed and were looted and rioted. 200 churches had been burnt. Um, The entire public transportation system incredibly crippled. The, The country was in true chaos. They had torn down the traffic signals so that you couldn't really go anywhere. There were bonfires in the streets. Uh, every night at 5 o'clock, we were under curfew and to be home because they knew that's when all the chaos started was at 5 o'clock at night. The police were getting the snot beat out of them by the protesters. And all the while, the media portrayed the peaceful protesters in the street <laughs> who are being abused by the police. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, I, I was going to back up just a little bit and ask, why were they torching, burning down the churches? Just as part of protest of everything, I think it was really a protest. It was an anti-authoritarian protest, but it was really anti, they call it neoliberalism. It, for us, is capitalism. So they claimed that capitalism and all authority were corrupt and evil, including the church. Uh, Mm. You have to know that Chile is a very Catholic country. They were one of the countries badly uh, hit by the abuses of the priests. Of, okay. the, of the children, and so that's their memory of churches and authority. And so they were revolting against authority and capitalism because obviously this economic prosperity that had been brought to them was unjust. There were some who had made a lot more money than other people, and so that was worth tearing down capitalism for. And yet you I were didn't there for seven years and were able to have a nice living. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Without even speaking the language. (laughs) So my first uh, key to what this really was about, because nobody really could say who was behind this, what was going on, what instigated this. Now, what they said instigated it was a four cent increase in the price of the public transportation system. That that was the reason why the country was lit a fire was because of a four cent increase. My thinking, I don't think so. That's probably not it. The only thing that I've heard that is some bit of evidence is that the incendiaries that was used 
in the attacks on the public transportation system, primarily the subway system, uh, was not an incendiary that was available to, for purchase in Chile. So we knew that there had to be some foreign involvement. The suspicion was uh, Venezuela, Cuba, and there's an organization called the Sao Paulo, Foro de Sao Paulo. It's the Sao Paulo Forum. It's the club for all the communists in South America, wow. of which the past president of Chile um, was a member of. Now, yeah. speaking of the past president of Chile, she... I'll finish music. that when we come back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got just a minute. It won't give you enough time to, uh, right. to tell the story, so we will do that when we come back. You're listening to CSC yes. Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Leah lives through, for lack of a better word, we're going to call it an insurrection. She lived through this in, in, in the country of Chile, and, and uh, she's telling her story, and I think it's very important that all Americans hear this and listen and, and think to yourself, what would I do? What would I do? We need to do something, don't we? You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Leah Southwell. We'll be right back. You said something, and I'm just going to throw this out there, and I'll let you t- come back with your story. You said that many of these were being funded because they couldn't have done it on their own as citizens, just average day citizens. And I think that we can assume here in America, maybe that's a bad thing to do. But we also know that the Antifa and the BLM that are causing chaos across some of our cities and such um, are also being funded from outside sources because they want to cause chaos here. So I'm going to let you take... Uh, go back to your story now. We've got a lot of listeners, and, and uh, they're they're on the edge of their chair here. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go on with your story. Great. Well, the pre- previous president, Michelle Bachelet, uh, a known socialist slash communist, had been promoted to become, after she had stepped down as president, uh, she had been promoted to become the United Nations High Commissioner of Human Rights, if I said that correctly. Mm-hmm. So the top dog of human rights within the world was the previous president of Chile. And so she went around the world telling that the current president and the police were committing human rights atrocities in Chile as the police tried to control this chaos and looting and rioting and burning and massive destruction throughout primarily Santiago, but also other cities at the same time. So the two major demands of the peaceful protesters, quote, unquote, (laughs) (laughs) was a step down of the current president, who is center-right, I would call him, Uh, that and a new constitution. And so after six weeks of nonstop rioting every single day, more destruction to the point where you just couldn't turn on the TV 
it was just uh, nauseating to watch the city fall apart around you. Every building that hadn't been destroyed was boarded up to try to prevent the glass windows from being shattered and mm-hmm. being looted and burned. And so it was quite depressing, and we were really thinking there's not much left for them to destroy. The president finally caved, and he said, I'm not stepping down, but I will give you your people's referendum for a new constitution. That means that all the people of Chile got to vote whether they wanted a new constitution or not. That day I sat my son down and said, this is the death nail of this country. It will never survive this. I'm done. I'm out. I'm leaving. And he thankfully decided also. Now, I did still have a business there, so I couldn't just walk away from the business. And so I at least thought, well, I'm going to leave for now. We'll see what happens, and I'll manage to keep it running while I'm away. And uh, so we did decide to leave. Uh, I left the middle of December 2019, and the referendum uh, was delayed because of COVID. It was supposed to have happened in April, and because of COVID, it was delayed. And because of COVID, my business collapsed to absolutely nothing. I lost all my business because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. here I am in the United States waiting for chaos to calm down, to go back, and I lose my business because of COVID. It did return somewhat um, through uh, over a year of the COVID situation. I was able to regain about half of my business. But in the meantime, they did have this referendum, people's referendum. I knew that the people didn't know their constitution because I'd interviewed as many as I possibly could, and I knew that none of them had read it. None of them knew what it said, but the media had helped them in understanding that it was written under military dictatorship, therefore it was bad, and capitalism was the fault of everything, and if we just write a new constitution, all will be well. And so it was last year in October, I believe, they had their election, and 79% of the people voted for a new constitution without knowing what their constitution said and without understanding what the process would be for rewriting a new constitution, which is what I had expected. Well, and I think that's going on here. I think all these that are complaining, they haven't read the Constitution. They don't know what it even means. Exactly. And they certainly don't know the foundational principles of it, of which the Chilean Constitution was, uh, did use much of the American Constitution in the rewriting of theirs. And so uh, it's shocking that so many voters would vote for something without understanding what they're voting for only because they've been brainwashed by their own media, government, politicians, whatever. And so then it gets worse. They did have the election, and then then what happened is that they had to have another election to choose the delegates who would write the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Now, to keep it politically correct, they chose the option, which is no politicians were allowed to be involved. The regular people would write this Constitution. And to keep it politically correct, 50% of them had to be women. And later, even after this election, they illegally made it so that a certain number of the seats would go to the indigenous Indians, keeping it all politically correct. So let's not pick people who understand or know constitutions. Uh, 
no, we'll just leave it up to the regular folks. Well, you know they weren't regular folks. No. So the hardcore leftist communists also knew that the voters would never vote for hardcore leftists or hardcore right. And so those hardcore communists all ran as independents. And the people, naively, without knowing who they're voting for, just voted straight down the line for independence. And it is now uh, 75 or more percent who are of the left or hardcore left who are in the process, supposedly, of writing this constitution. I don't believe they're actually writing it. I'm pretty sure that it was already written before all this election happened, and it will be presented at the end of the year, and the people will have an up-or-down vote do we go with the new constitution or do we go back to what we always had before all of this chaos? Now you tell me, after two and a half years of total chaos and mil- billions of dollars of losses and lives lost, do you really think the people will say, let's go back to what we had? Hmm. Good point. Because they, so the people, not knowing what they had, they see it as a problem. But they don't even know what they had. And anything should be better than what we had, right? That's the philosophy (laughs) of most people. Anything would be better than what we have right now. And so my message out of all this, well, first of all, I have to go back and say one other thing. When all this was happening, I, it was difficult to figure out what is happening. So one of the things that happened was um, one day the battle came to my neighborhood and they were going for the tallest building in Latin America that was just a couple blocks away from me and where my supermarket was that I could walk to. And I never had a car and so that was my grocery store. Well, they were coming for it and the beautiful destruction of capitalism would be if they could burn this building down. So they were getting ready to go to battle. I was ticked because they were in my neighborhood and going after my grocery store and turned into a mama bear. And I actually did the craziest thing you'll ever hear. I actually went amongst the protesters, got in between them and the police, found the loudest agitator and said, what do you think you're going to achieve by burning down this entire country? And he said, lady, you don't understand. And I said, what don't I understand? And he said, this is a revolution. We've got to burn it down before we can rebuild it. Build back better? Is that what they were going to do? Do you get it? <laughs> I it's get it. It's the same motto. It's the same motto, right? Absolutely. The other Absolutely. important thing that I want to say about this is that I went to all of my Venezuelan friends, many of them living in Chile. Why? They had lost their country. So I went to them and said, do you understand what's going on here? And they said, oh, Absolutely. This is exactly how it began in Venezuela. And it looks like it's happening here. I want you uh, to finish up and give your kind of, we'll talk about what we can do here in America. I love that you said you were uh, the mama bear that took on. I'm trying to envision you going up to this great big guy. <laughs> Point your finger up at him. Though. What do you think you're doing, boy? <laughs> you know, and all my boys. Did. Of course, I'm a little short thing, but all my sons are bigger than me. But that didn't seem to bother me at times. I just went at them. And I had. Well, there's another story. But we're going to talk about what we can do. I read something just yesterday about the mama bears in America are the ones who need to save America. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Leah, one of the head mother bears. And we'll be right back. 
How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. When I think of bringing America home, I think of family sitting around the table. As a young girl, it was my job to set the table. Setting the table meant tablecloth, plates, drinking glasses, and the flatware, which had to be placed correctly on the respective sides of the plates. Regardless of the time of year, sitting down at the table is an American thing to do. It's great family. Liberty Tabletop can help you set your table. They are the only flatware manufacturer in the United States of America. Using high-quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. All that and with competitive prices. When you order, use the promo code BETHANN to receive 10% off of your order. Visit LibertyTabletop.com or give them a call the old-fashioned American way. 844-386-2338. That's 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. Let's set the table and bring America home. John O'Leary is coming to Springfield's VTA Foundation's annual pro-life event. As a curious nine-year-old, O'Leary played with fire and gasoline and created a massive explosion, burning 100% of his body. This epic story of survival is one of that embraces life and its importance when the odds are stacked against you. John's emotional storytelling, sharp wit, and authenticity make each of his presentations truly transformational. John has inspired millions from top corporate executives to those overcoming their own suffering. He's authored two books, including the number one national bestseller, On Fire, The Seven Choices to Ignite a Radically Inspired Life. John supports Vitae's pro-woman approach, which effectively reaches women facing unplanned pregnancies with life-saving resources. Come see John O'Leary at the Vitae Foundation Springfield Pro-Life event on Friday, August 27th at the White River Conference Center in Springfield, Missouri. Get your tickets at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I've finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, 
They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. Talk radio. This is Beth Ann. You know, Leah. While we're talking, I'm I'm getting all kinds of new stuff up on my computer. It finally woke up. <laughs> it finally printed my monologue. We have an estimated 15,000 Americans that are stuck in Afghanistan right now. And there's a correspondent there. I believe she's CNN. She may be MSNBC. She's the one we all saw. Uh, a couple of days ago, saying that they were chanting death to America, and yet they seemed friendly. <laughs> of course, then later, they were threatening her her uh, cameraman, and now she says, if this isn't failure, what is? She is in great danger where she is. You were the mama bear that faced down part of the rioting, part of the mob there to protect your own. And the mama bears are the ones that will bring America back home, as I like to say. I I want to explain to America that they called our January 6th an insurrection. It was not an insurrection. They have not even used that word for what's going on in Afghanistan. Not even used that word. And America is in grave danger, I do believe. And... Uh, Leah and I were talking on the phone when we scheduled this, and we talked when we were in Freedom Fest. It isn't the media that's going to save America, and it isn't Congress that's going to save America. And Leah believes it'll be the mama bears. We're the ones that protect the children. Those old mother hens out here, and it doesn't matter how old your children are. I've got my oldest baby coming home tomorrow for the weekend with his family part of his family. Some of them are all grown, have their own families. We spread our wings out to protect those children, no matter their age. And I'm going to just kind of put it in your hands right now, Leah, to tell us what you would suggest for women right now that are saying, what can I do? How can I make a difference? I'm going to turn it over to you. (laughs) Thank you. I would say the mamas are the teachers, and something that we have allowed to happen in this country is to eliminate the education of liberty. Mm. We used to get civics lessons in school. My older brother, who's three years older, still got civics lessons. By the time I came along, it had been changed to social studies. And so it's been a long time since this education has been provided, close to 50 years, we've not been teaching civics, of which included the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. Mm. It's been a rare person who's been able to get this education outside of schooling, or maybe we're fortunate enough to be a part of a public school or part of homeschooling. But what we've lost in this country, as Chile didn't recognize or understand how they had their economic prosperity. They didn't know how they got it. People weren't teaching them how they got it. And if you don't know how your country became what it is, 
and the good about it, you're going to sacrifice it and give it up very easily because you never knew how and why you had it in the first place. My urge to everyone is start to study the Constitution, not for the specific words in it, but for the principles of liberty that are enshrined in that. The Declaration of Independence saying that we are independent, that we have the right to shun any government uh, forcing things upon us. We may separate from them. <clears throat> the Constitution saying that government has limited authorities. The Constitution lays out what those limited authorities are. And the Bill of Rights that ends with, and if we haven't named it, it's part of that too. The Bill of Rights is the ten thou shalt not for the government. Absolutely. Constitution is what it may do. The Bill of Rights is what it may not do. We must stand and face tyranny. And if it's us mamas who are mama bears who will rip the heads off of anybody who threatens our cups, then so be it. It's time for us to stand, to rise, and say no one will threaten my cubs and or my family and or my neighborhood and or my country and or my liberty. I don't mean it needs to be just the women, but the no. women seem to be the ones who sense the danger right now. And as I saw in Chile, if more mamas had gone out into the street like me, all I saw was young men about the age of my sons, and I wanted to grab them all by their ear and tell them, get your little butt home, you little snot nose. This is not <laughs> how you behave. We saw and one just, mama bear do that, and I'm trying to remember exactly. if, that, if that was in Boston when they were trying to burn things down here yes. a little over a year ago. She went out yes. there and she grabbed that boy. He was big. <laughs> she grabbed yes. that boy by the ear and she took him home. We exactly. Well, like I pretty well did that too, but I was the only one out there doing it, and all the other mamas hid at home afraid. Afraid of what? These are their own boys that were out there doing this. You know. So it is time to rise and tell these little snot nose to get their butts home and to learn a little lesson that this isn't, isn't what you're, that they are fighting for an unjust cause. This was the lesson I learned. Young men are very dangerous in that they are looking for a cause. It is their goal. They are built and designed to be warriors when they're young men and they're looking for a cause. What is their cause going to be, a just cause or an unjust cause? It is the duty of us mama bears to show them what is just, what is the cause that should be fought for. And right now, Amen. we are facing tyranny in the face. Tyranny is hovering over us, about to smother us. And if we don't stand now and say our choice is liberty or tyranny, nothing else, liberty you know, or tyranny. We hear this toxic Toxic test, uh, what they call it, toxic masculinity. And it just infuriates me because just like you said, we are made different. We're equal, but we're different. And uh, our young boys, you raised two or three and I raised five. You've got to raise them to be men. My boys fought like cats and dogs when they were kids, fighting like a pecking order, you know. They were just constantly at each other. When they were just little, and a mother in uh, in the nursery there at the church said, this is part of their preparation because they have to get out in the world and fight for their families. 
fight the world for their families. Not necessarily a physical fight, but they have to take charge. We need to teach these young men where to put that cause. We need to teach these young women that they have value and it is up to the mothers, it is up to the fathers to do that. We have failed if we have left it to a public school system. We have failed if we've left it up to a Sunday school teacher. It is up to us in the home to take care of these kids and raise them the right way. Not everybody can homeschool like you did. I don't, I don't know if my children would have survived. <laughs> but we can still school them when we get them home. You need to bring them up in the way that that they should go. And Leah, you have such a, a tremendous story, and I just I, I fear for you, <laughs> your bravery, <laughs> and I fear for me because I think, what would I've done? I used to tell my boys when they played football, if you get you cussing out there, I'm coming out of them stands, and you're going to get your ear twisted. They didn't do it. <laughs> anyway, it is up to us. It's up to Americans to take a stand. We can see what the chaos is happening, and it's time, Leah, God bless you, to bring America home. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.